So, you know, we're reading some listicle. <laughs> 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 I just can't talk now. All right. <laughs> oh, I want to read a listicle. So we're on ultimateclassicrock.com. And we just briefly, before we get to a more interesting one, we got to start here on this list of awesome rock dads. It seems like the the criteria for being an awesome rock dad is very thin. Because we know for a fact from this history of this show, some of these dads are not maybe the best dads of Brandon and Tommy Lee. Although I guess Tommy, Tommy Lee might be a good dad. He's just not good toward kids in general, right? The kid who yeah, died in his did. pool is not his son. He did let that kid drown in his pool. And, you know, it wasn't his job to watch that kid. Someone else should have been watching that kid. He's famous. He's working on stuff. He's filming a sex tape. Someone else should have watched that kid. But it wasn't his kid. His kid is doing very well in Motel 7, his band. The worst band name of all time. It's like the band name in a cartoon. But I... Actually, they wouldn't do it in a cartoon because they would get a cease and desist. And I don't know how the band hasn't gotten a cease and desist from Motel 6. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because Motel 6 is like, there's no prestige to Motel 6. Well, I think also that a band and a hotel are different enough. Like they're not both media properties, you know? Like one is like a, a hotel and one's in the media world. It's like, if you had like a movie with that name and a band, then there would be like some crossover. But like, I think you could call a band Outback Steakhouse and not get sued. I'm pretty sure. That would be a pretty good bit. Yeah, I think well, what like I a, would do if I was the son of the head of Motel 6 or whatever international conglomerate owns it, I would start my own band to compete with them that's actually called Motel 6 and it has permission. Yeah, that's better branding there too. And then we also pay to get placement in Spotify playlists. Yeah, and they play it in a loop at actual Motel 6s. Yeah, you. it's like the Waffle House music. But You're like, getting those plays because it's in-house. What we're saying is kind of like when Wilco named their album Star Wars, assuming they would get sued and they would change it, but then they just never got sued. And they're like, all right. <laughs> but okay, this little blurb about Brandon and Tommy Lee. First of all, it mentions that they have, he has two sons, Brandon and Dylan. So they don't explain why they chose Brandon over Dylan. Dylan Lee, is he cool? Or is he Dylan the one with the Lee, band? I think he's the one son. with the band. Is he? Dylan Jagger Lee. Yeah, that's him. He's the Motel 7 guy. So who's Brandon? I don't know, but apparently he's he's a more awesome rock son. The it's hard to search for him because there's Brandon Lee, the other Brandon Lee, which I think it's kind of stupid of him to name his son Brandon Lee when there's already a guy who was a guy's son who was famous and his name was Brandon Lee and he died like two years before that kid was born. So the name was available. 1993, yeah, the Google alert came up. The name Brandon <laughs> is available. So the criteria for why this is an awesome rock dad is, first of all, his sons clearly got their father's good looks. Of course, mom Pam Anderson probably deserves some credit too. Second, we have to assume they got the first crack at a ride at their dad's famous drum coaster. That's a big assumption. And most importantly, they have a photo here of them together, and it's very goofy, so he must love his sons. Why would you want to be the first person on the drum coaster? Yeah. Especially it's as like a being child. a poison tester. It's like a roller coaster kind of thing where I bet children should not ride it. Yeah. They get to be the crash test dummy for the horrible, malfunctioning, 
upside down roller coaster drums that always fail. And then Tommy Lee has to end up pissing upward, but it's actually downward and it goes down onto the audience because there's no place for it to go. You can't put it into a cup because it's just going to come back down again. (laughs) It happens every single show. He's stuck up there. He drank an entire bottle of Jack Daniels. He has a full bladder. And then he he tries to aim it away from the audience, but it's just it it hits the ceiling, it it lick it, it not liquefies it. Uh, what is the word for that? I don't vaporizes know. Vaporizes it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it vaporizes Tommy Lee's urine, and hundreds of fifty year old ladies drink it. Yep, and that that goes up on his OnlyFans afterward. And why would you make a boy do that? Imagine making a mere boy go on that horror ride. Well, I think that uh, maybe Tommy Lee's a better dad than we think because he didn't do that and the writer's just speculating about it. That is true. He doesn't deliberately torture his boys. They have a very bad idea of what it would be like to be Tommy Lee's son. Like you wouldn't go with him to gigs and stuff. You would maybe, you would probably stay home while he was at a gig so you can use his Jägermeister machine. Oh, that's true. I bet they did that when they were teenagers. Like, why would you want to go to his shows? Like, Jaeger is the ultimate thing to drink as, like, a 17-year-old. I guarantee those sons were doing that. It's grown up because it tastes so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also really sweet. It's like Dr. Pepper, but it's the alcoholic version because so it has so many flavors. The other one I pointed, I wanted to point out on this list is Jacob and Bob Dylan. And the write-up seems very, like, backhanded, where it's just, every good parent wants their children to succeed beyond what they themselves have accomplished in life. But boy, does Jacob Dylan have a long road to travel to make that happen. They don't even try to make a case for Bob Dylan being an awesome dad, which they can't, they can't make that case because he's not. The standards are so high for him. (laughs) What was it that Bob Dylan said about his son's music? Like, people always talk about it like, uh... Bob Dylan said, eh, the Wallflower is one headlight. It's really bad. I don't like it. That, that sounds somewhere in between Dylan and Trump right there. <laughs> one headlight. One headlight. It's, a, it's, it's too long. It's too long. Yeah, Trump prefers the immediacy of um, the YMCA song. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to use that in 2024. I hope so. He should switch it up and use Macho Man. He should have, like, Forgiato Blow do a cover of the YMCA song, or Macho Man. That would be sick, like a remix. Yeah. Or he could have, uh, like, the Hillary Clinton Fight Club song, where they had the people from Glee and Pitch Perfect <laughs> This do... is my fight club. <laughs> this is my fight club. Did I say fight club? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fight club. Yeah, they had Edward Norton, they had Brad Pitt. They're they breaking all sang the one line rule of, of fight club there. Yeah. Rule number one, don't sing about it. But you could do something like that with YMCA or Macho Man or In the Navy, where you have like Kid Rock and Ted Nugent and I don't know who else sings on the right. The Pussycat Doll, who's right wing. Yeah. I, f- I forget her name because she hasn't <laughs> been in the news in so long. I'm she was at like the uh, Turning Point USA conference, I think. Uh, you I didn't could know get about her that. to do a line. That's awesome. You though. could get. Um, well, you could have you Mike Huckabee get Garth play Brooks bass now. on everything. God, being the conservative pussycat doll is such a cool distinction. I think she was originally in the pussycat dolls, but she was she got Pete bested out. Nice. <laughs> which is an awesome position to be in. Yeah. Uh, like a completely fake group that was manufactured. Was yeah, like, it by P. Diddy or is it was it someone else? I think it was someone else. 
P Diddy. No, Danity Kane was P Diddy. Yeah. But it was the same sort of situation. And somehow they kick you to the curb before they even put out your one song that <laughs> someone else wrote for you. Like, what do you have to do to demonstrate that you can't be in the band? But uh, the main article we wanted to look at here, we're trying to find like the stupidest listicles, but then we found one that's actually kind of fun and interesting. It's just like a list of conspiracy theories about musicians. And yeah, we need to tackle more disinformation on this show. Yeah. When we're not busy spreading it, we're tackling it. But uh, this one begins number 25. Dave Grohl never broke his leg. It seems like a fairly minor conspiracy, but I guess that's why it's at the bottom. I've never um, heard of this one before. Yeah, me neither. Actually, I can't believe that it's already been 2015 that he broke his leg. That was eight years ago. Damn. I don't even remember this at all. Yeah, you could tell me anything this, like, about this. It's fake. It's real. I don't know. That he would sit on after that happened. Oh, I feel like I remember this. But uh, a quickly spreading rumor that summer charged him with faking the injury in order to boost ticket sales. Grohl eventually addressed the accusations during a September 2015 stop in Portland, Oregon. I'm really into the idea of a conspiracy theory, he said. I think it's fucking rad. What if, what if I didn't break my fucking leg? What if I jumped off stage and I fell on the ground and I made it all look like it was a fucking emergency? And then they dragged me off to the side and the band keeps playing. And then 10 minutes later, I magically fucking reappear on stage. And then I get somebody else's extra of a broken leg and I make it into a t-shirt and we make millions of fucking dollars. And I designed this fucking awesome throne so I don't have to fucking stand up anymore. Imagine that. Well, actually, that sounds yeah, a little that's bitter. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like he got really mad that yeah. <laughs> there was one person that uh, didn't like this shit. I think he gets enough positive press for doing nothing. Remember that clip we've watched of Travis Scott falling off the stage? Um, oh, it's so funny in the noise he makes because it's auto-tune. He's, he goes like, oh! Yeah, that's so funny. It actually... you Okay, this, is, this wasn't where I was originally going to head with it, but you know what? I think if you're going to have people get seriously injured and die at your shows, you should at least be able to injure yourself too. So Travis Scott... On that, when you frame it that way, I think that it's okay <laughs> that the tragedy happened at his show. Yeah, I never even thought about how that's the second worst injury at a Travis Scott show now. Yeah. It's definitely very overshadowed. But yeah, you're right. I, I believe the uh, Dave Grohl conspiracy theory now because he's like protesting a little too much. Yeah. He's getting too defensive. One bad take I have about Dave Grohl is that he's always doing videos where he like plays drums with a 10 year old. Yeah. And says like, they're such a good drummer, but then their drummer died and look who didn't hire a 10 year old. Yeah. Look you know who, who did? hired Josh freeze? The same uh, guy who's, who's in sublime with Rome. Billy Corgan famously did hire like a 17 year old. So he put his money where his mouth is. That must be so weird working for Billy Corgan as your first job. Yeah. <laughs> what a horrible guy to work for. Uh, and then as an aside, they mentioned that other people uh, think that Dave Grohl and Andrew WK are the same person. That seems like a very thin conspiracy. That's so awesome. It's like, um, these aren't even that novel anymore, which is kind of sad after QAnon. Yeah. But there used to be that one that uh, Kurt Cobain faked his death to become Taylor Hawkins, <laughs> which which one, uh, I guess it was a waste to do that. Yeah. Or maybe he did it again. Um and He's two, if he wanted to play faker. the drums, like Dave Grohl didn't have to kill himself and fake his own death to sing and play guitar. So yeah. why would Kurt Cobain <laughs> have to fake point. his own death to play? Like he could have just played drums on an yeah. album. And Nirvana and was a better band than Foo Fighters anyway. So either you just start a new band to play drums in 
or you keep doing Nirvana. Like, yeah, it makes no sense on any level. Yeah, there's no reason to do that. And the same thing with Dave Grohl and Andrew WK. Like, if Dave Grohl wanted to do a, a party rock side project, he would have just done it. Yeah. He would get more traction than Andrew WK does because he's way more famous than him. Yeah, like, the last person to actually try and do something like that was J.K. Rowling writing under that pen name. Oh yeah. And then she eventually just published it under her real name because yeah, she wants to sell no more. One, like yeah, you sell way fewer copies. No one cares. It's easier to just use your name that everyone knows already. Yeah. Instead of creating a fake persona starting from scratch. All right. Number 24, Iron Butterfly's bassist was kidnapped and murdered. Philip Taylor Kramer joined Iron Butterfly in 74 and appeared on the album Scorching Beauty and Sun and Steel, both released in 75. Later, he returned to college to get a degree in aerospace engineering, blah, 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 blah. He worked for the U.S. Department of Defense. Uh, uh, That's in weird. 1995, he was working for the Department of Defense and suddenly called 911 to report that he intended to kill himself and then vanished. Four years passed, and his family said there was foul play involved. His van was found by hikers at the bottom of a Malibu ravine with his remains inside. Police ruled it a probable suicide, but others weren't so sure, in particular because of the revolutionary work Kramer was doing. He was working on um, allegedly developing a groundbreaking method of transporting information and matter through space. But that's in 1995, where... Or I guess... We haven't gotten any better at transporting matter, I guess, but we certainly can transport information much faster now. Maybe it's like the guy who was in the Doobie Brothers who became a quote-unquote missile expert. Yeah, we've talked about him, Skunk Baxter. Skunk Baxter, yeah. Where I really don't think that he is actually an expert on any of that shit. I think that it's just someone in the Department of Defense was a Steely Dan fan, or they were an Iron Butterfly fan. They were like, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely totally. i will hang out with you all the time the guy from my favorite band you can come work at my job do you want to come to my work you want to come to my work and talk that's so awesome dude we'll give you a medal we'll give you a an honorary degree do whatever you want it's also kind of funny to say that he was the one who was developing this crazy research at dod where it's not like he's a leaker it's like he's the inventor of it oh like, yeah they didn't like, kill oppenheimer after he made the bomb right you know what i mean like it just seems so dubious. That was the original version of um, anyone who dies, you say that they were making a documentary about child sex trafficking. Yeah. Man, QAnon As really does not even do all anything. the conspiracies into one. You know, they hit on everything. Like the Coney documentary was basically that. And what did that do? Yeah. Like you have to kill people to prevent stuff like that from being made. Like if that was dangerous, they would have made that guy jack off at SeaWorld before the documentary came out. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird, though. That yeah, it is interesting. It, it does seem like he killed himself, but also he was working for the DOD. Yeah, but it's like you're saying, how how like deeply involved was he with DOD stuff, just like Skunk Baxter, where it's like, how much does he really know? He's probably just some random functionary, you know? Yeah, I doubt it, but I it says in here... Uh, his father says he had told me a long time before there was people giving him problems. They wanted what he was doing and several of them had threatened him. He told me if I ever say I'm going to kill myself, don't you believe it? So he probably just had a bunch of gambling debts. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably what it was. I mean, who knows? Like, that's the thing. Now there's so many of them on this list. It's going to take too long to like, uh, go down a rabbit hole of like, Oh, let's do some research on this now. But yeah. 
Well, if we don't want to do research, we'll just conclude it's real. Yeah, it's just like that they did with the Tommy Lee thing of I bet that he let his sons ride his drum roller coaster. Yeah, whatever sounds the coolest, that's probably yeah. real. So since they're trying to dispel misinformation here, we're going to add some of our own misinformation to make sure everything's just sort of a miasma. Yeah, another funny one is the David Bowie predicting the rise of Kanye West one. Oh, this one's actually really funny. I didn't even, like, I've never paid that close of attention to the album cover for Ziggy Stardust. But above David Bowie in the artwork, there's a sign that says K-West. Yeah, just some place in London. And then on Bowie's last album, uh, this is so lazy, but (laughs) the lyrics of Black Star, uh, where it's, he says, something happened on the day he died. Somebody else took his place and bravely cried, I'm a Black Star, I'm a Black Star. It's like Kanye was already a star for like 12 years before that song came out. (laughs) Also... It would kind of make sense if Bowie died in like 2009 or maybe 2006. Yeah, like more like 04 or something, like right when Kanye was having some yeah, hits. Yeah, or at some important point in his career. But 2016. Yeah, this is a super lazy conspiracy. Went downhill from there. Like, why would it happen then? Like a lot of conspiracies, it's just a bunch of random unrelated facts presented together because they also mention that Kanye sampled uh, fame on Jay-Z's takeover. It's like, that's fucking nothing to do with anything else. But I do think that the album cover for Ziggy Stardust having K-West on the cover is pretty funny. Yeah. It's unintentionally like the kind of thing that the Beatles would do, putting in fake clues. Yeah. But here's another fun one. Prince's death was foretold by the Simpsons. Simpsons well, have you can foretell credited. anyone's death. All musicians are going to die there. Oh, we did called it. it. Live yeah. on the air. <laughs> Simpsons have been credited with predicting everything from new Apple products to the presidency of There are going Trump. to be new Apple products. Yep. I just predicted it. What if they made a smaller screen and... Yeah, or a bigger one. It was more sleek. Yeah. Or a bigger one. What if it gets more wireless or less wireless? <laughs> uh, so eight years before Prince actually died, there's an episode where Homer was paid to murder Prince with his guitar. Um... Oh, did he get murdered with a guitar? God, Simpsons fucking sucks, man. For the last yeah, like twenty years, Ugh. thinking about yeah, like thinking about eight years before twenty sixteen, which is already a long time ago. That was two thousand eight, and that was what season nineteen of The Simpsons. Just ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, that's some pretty weak shit there. How about the CIA killed Bob Marley? Hmm. So, of course, yeah, the, the, I think we've talked about Bob Marley at some point in the past of like he died in May 81 after a toe injury from a soccer match revealed a lesion under the nail. Diagnosed with malignant melanoma and he refused to have the toe amputated. Cancer spread through his body, eventually killing him. Conspiracy yeah, theorists I say mean, that the CIA set their sights on him, whose growing influence and message of peace were contrary to its goals. Oh, no, music is so powerful. It's going to overthrow the CIA. God, people love to make the dumbest conspiracies about the CIA. I mean, the CIA this like one, obviously encouraged it in the mid-20th century, but goddamn. Yeah, the more crazy stuff there is, the more plausible deniability there is for the real stuff. Yeah. They can say, oh, it's more of the crazy stuff. But this one is very stupid. The CIA supposedly set their sights on Marley, whose growing influence and message of peace went contrary to its goals. The son of former CIA director William Colby reportedly gave Marley a pair of boots adapted with a poison-coated copper wire near the toe. 
Some believe Marley tried on the boots and inadvertently sealed his demise. So, like, how do you it how do you have a copper wire in a pair of boots and it's touching your toe and you don't notice? It's totally just like, like the um like Castro cigar shit where you hear that and then you want to make up other conspiracies of just wacky like items you could use to kill someone. Yeah. It's a variation on that. Like he would have, he puts his foot in the boot and then there's a copper wire with poison on it that just injects his toe with stuff. And he's like, okay, these are cool. (laughs) And then he wears them every day forever. And then it gives him melanoma slowly. And also it counts on him not cutting off of the toe cutting off the toe because of his religious beliefs. Yeah. At the end of the Which day, I he guess could have you could say the they knew, anyway. but yeah. even then it's still like, why didn't he just, why didn't he just cut the toe off? Yeah. That's a very, very thin gruel right there. Let's see. Hotel California was about devil worship. I'm going to skip that one. That sounds like the most boring shit ever. Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of is. It's that's like what the, they put that, those implications in there on purpose. They Michael Hutchins a- died of erotic asphyxiation. Well, he did. I have no well, idea. I don't know anything playing. about in excess. Well, he was just, uh, well, he, he did uh, choking himself in excess. Oh, okay. Was he playing around with a belt in the bathroom? He was practicing using a belt as a lasso, and it got stuck on the doorknob <laughs> and also his neck. And also he was jacking off by accident because he was cleaning his penis. I was cleaning my neck and I was cleaning my penis. Debbie Harry thinks she got picked up by Ted Bundy? Hmm. That's fake. The Grateful Dead had a fake rainbow. That yeah, they that's used a really the, funny uh, one here. That one's so dumb. The Dead that's paid the, for a final show rainbow. Something amazing happened at the conclusion of the Grateful Dead's first 50th anniversary farewell show. Oh, it was only the fifth. It wasn't even the final one of the tour. A rainbow curved over the whole stadium. The timing at the end of a 17-minute set-closing rendition of Viola Lee Blues seemed a little too convenient to some conspiracy lovers. A supposed insider alleged that the dead paid $50,000 to beam a fake rainbow into the sky at the right moment. It would really suck if you paid $50,000 in uh, 2015 money. Well, I guess it's not. I, I figured this was like in the 70s. If you paid $50,000 to have a fake rainbow projected above a stadium, and then there was a rainbow anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. That would be a, a huge waste. I think, dude, it's like, because, like, chemtrails. So, like, the Grateful Dead, it's like, because they're so, like, organic, like, they would never, like, do chemtrails. So that's why I think that it's fake. It's crazy to think of stuff. Yeah. Like, sometimes the thoughts that are in my brain are, like, they just like make my mind go. Kiss's blood ended up in Sports Illustrated. This one is very funny. Like there's the real thing that famously they had like a drop of their blood put in the red ink for the um the Kiss comic book. Yeah. And this was 1977, so it was pre-AIDS. So it wasn't weird to put blood in stuff, but it very quickly did become weird to put blood in stuff. Uh, especially rock stars. And uh, I guess there's a conspiracy theory that somehow that red ink got mixed into like the big vat of red ink that they use for everything. <laughs> yeah. So allegedly and the then, ink they meant for the comic book ended up in sports illustrated magazines. Yeah. So it's like if you jacked off to the swimsuit issue and then it had a, a drop of Gene Simmons blood in the ink, you are gay. Yep. That's how that works. But it, it, 
it is funny because it would be so diluted at that point that you have to start asking questions like, what if, uh, what if Gene Simmons peed in a river 50 years ago and then it went into the ocean and then it went back into a, a saltwater processing plant and went into the water supply and I drank it, dude. It's kind of like the we're all made of star stuff thing. I think we could also argue that the human body is like 60% water and a bunch of water has been in pee at some point. So I think you it's could been also in pee, it's you been could argue, dinosaurs. Yeah, we've, been, we've been pee. We've all been pee. We've all been dinosaurs. I hope my tongue shares some of the same molecules as Gene Simmons's tongue. Yeah, apparently they mentioned at the end here that there was also a very stupid... How could anyone older than like six years old believe this, that Gene Simmons is cow, had a cow tongue grafted onto his real tongue? That would be sick as fuck if he did. <laughs> yeah, it would be really funny, but it would get infected. He should have grafted it, so it onto bad. the end of his tongue, so it's like his tongue ends and then a huge cow tongue begins. Yeah, but you can't move it, so you have to kind of whip it around like a like a cat's tail. Yeah, and it doesn't fit in his mouth, so it's always just hanging out. He has to roll it up like a hose. <laughs> oh, I think I've seen this one before. Supertramp predicted 9-11. Were the terror attacks of September 11th, 2001 hinted at as far back as 1979 on the cover of Supertramp's hit Breakfast in America album? Um, it features a depiction of the New York City skyline as seen from an airplane, a waitress, substitutes for the Statue of Liberty, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's if so hold, weak as yeah, an actual is, conspiracy theory. Totally weak shit of... If you hold it in a mirror, the U and P from Supertramp look like a 9 and an 11. Okay. It's funny how people interpret stuff like this as being a clue and not just a funny coincidence. Like, uh, what was it? Boots Riley uh, had that release on 9-11 where they were blowing up the Twin Towers and then they had to cancel the album. <laughs> it's funny when stuff like that happens or yeah. um, like there were ads in the 90s movie posters, a lot of stuff where the Twin Towers are unsurprisingly used as a plot device in commercials and action movies, and they get blown up. Or you have something pointing to them, or there's something projected on them. But some people see that, and they're like, they were telling us. They were telling us this was going to happen for some reason. Yeah, I don't want to see this no super one saw shit it on coming. this list unless... You can tell me that the liner notes say that Osama bin Laden bankrolled the album and he was in the studio with them as a producer. Yeah. That would be a masterstroke for bin Laden to put this album out 22 years before 9-11 and be like, I swear I'm going to do this shit. He's like calling his own shot. And he just happens to be a super tramp fan. So it was like fun to get to work with them and go in the studio. And he played tambourine on it. Yeah. According to the credits. <laughs> What about this one? Mama Cass choked on a sandwich. How is this a conspiracy? <laughs> a false pre-autopsy comment provided to news media, including the New York Times, helped spread the rumor that Cass Elliot of the Mamas and the Papas died after choking on a ham sandwich. Man, who did that? Where did that come from? It was like It's like the guy, uh, Captain Jenks. I don't know if he still calls into Howard Stern, but he used to call into Howard Stern a lot, and he would do uh, Baba Booey pranks to CNN and other news networks. And I remember when Bob Hope died, he called in and pretend to be, pretended to be some other comedian and actually got on the air <laughs> and then said Bob Dole, uh, he died choking on, or not Bob, uh, Bob Hope, not Bob Dole, um, <laughs> died choking on Howard Stern's ball sack. <laughs> Pretty good. It's like someone did that in 
1970, what, 1973? Yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't say the year. I forget when yeah, she, she died, died exactly. But okay, it, so the guy who spread the rumor was actually the first physician to examine her after her death. He said that she was, was it really? Yeah, he said she was eating while guy. lying down, a very dangerous thing to do. This would be especially dangerous for someone like Cass, who was overweight and who might be prone to having a heart attack. Oh, come on. But then the inspector... Let her have some dignity. We can all see that. You know, we know. The inspector later confirmed that the sandwich by her bed was untouched. This oh. is one of the best ones we've read so far. That's very funny. God, the, the fact the that they, even in the that. correction, it's just so humiliating. Poor yeah. Cass Elliot. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you're just no, like shitting she, on her after she she's did, dead. She did have a huge ham sandwich. Yeah. She had a bunch of ham sandwiches and she was holding them and she had her mouth wide open, but she didn't get a chance to eat it. They were uneaten. It's like saying George Bush died choking on the pretzel or something. That would have been so funny if that did. happened. That would be the greatest moment in American history. By f- it would have made the whole Trump president or not Trump, the whole Bush presidency worth it. Yeah. Or if Trump died choking on McDonald's, any sort of choking death on food would yeah. be so funny. But I don't think it happens that often. Nah. And especially again, when your president ever died choking on food. I don't know. Like, especially a president, though, you have security around all the time. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. They have cameras on you. That'd be a good like, counterfactual feed them soft food. alternative history movie where we go back in time to make sure that George Bush does choke to death on the pretzel. Only giving him pretzels. It's like we could like, go back and oh, kill okay. baby Hitler, oh. but we're like, eh, I'm going to kill adult George Bush in office. It's just more personally satisfying. It's like from my own life. Yeah, I'm just nostalgic for that moment, you know? Going back in time to kill kid Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> I was late. I'd rather make I it a little distracted. Bit- Weimar Germany is awesome. Like okay, there's if, so much theater here. I'm sorry, it took me eight years, and it, you know he was bigger. It was harder to catch him. I think like if I'm gonna kill Hitler, I want it to be almost a fair fight, but I want to make sure I win. Like if I wait too long and he's already a dictator, he's gonna have all his people kill me, so I can't kill him then. But if he's a baby, it's just like that reflects poorly on me to be killing a baby. I'm like I'm no better than Tommy Lee than letting Hitler drown in my pool, but. I think, yeah, if he's like 16, 17, that's a little less crazy. Maybe 18. Let's say once he turns 18, I feel comfortable killing him then. If people were actually doing that, it would be so annoying for like Hitler's mom or Hitler's security guards later in the SS that they would have people coming by in like uh, Oakley shades and basketball shorts trying to kill him with a knife. And they have to get, like, get someone to pull him out. <laughs> like every day there's another yeah. one of those Coming guys. Or there's the like, yeah. there's like actually, a guy wearing like a, like a, a golf uniform. That would honestly be a really good movie. I think like set in like 1940s Germany. And there's just constantly dumb guys from the 21st century coming back like, and, and botching murders of Hitler. <laughs> Yeah, they walk in the room. It's like, all right, time. To, and they immediately get lit up by 500 people. <laughs> or there's just like a, a tripwire that they all walk through trying to get into the Reichstag. That'd be like a good slapstick, like naked gun style comedy. Yeah, it would be like a Bill and Ted, but they die over and over again. But then you should be able to respawn, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the logic Stevie of Wonder- time machine is. Stevie Wonder isn't blind. That's a funny one. This is a good one. Yeah, I love this one. Because there was a video where someone knocked a mic stand over and he caught it. And I think he does have some sight. Like he can see some blurry movement. 
Oh, I didn't know that it was Paul McCartney who knocked that mic stand over. Oh, wow. He blew it wide open. Yeah. Like, I don't think he can read, but he can probably, like, tell whether the lights are on or off or whether there's, like, a thing coming at his face. Jimi Hendrix was murdered. Uh, doesn't make sense. A conspiracy. A, a former roadie put forward a conspiracy theorist dream scenario. James Tappy writes said former manager Michael Jeffrey admitted to killing Hendrix by purposely giving him pills and wine. I had to do it. Jimmy was worth much more to me dead than alive. Jimmy Hendrix was like, no, don't give me all these pills and wine that I love doing. I don't want it, you to kill me. Just so dumb. Like as if that guy was getting paid anyway. Like every time there's a Rolling Stone cover about Jimi Hendrix, that guy gets a million dollars. Yeah. Ooh, meanwhile, a counter theory blamed his murder not on Jeffrey, but on the mafia. Why? W- makes no sense. I Claw 2 uh, were really the Beatles. That's a funny one. Oh, yeah. We've covered this one on the show before with Aaron when he was showing us a bunch of like prog rock bands. Yeah, the Canadian prog rock band in the 70s. And uh, they had like a very... There weren't pictures of them and their al- album cover didn't have text on it. And it was very mysterious and it was Beatlesque. So yeah. people thought maybe it's the Beatles and they came back under a new name. Yeah. Since it's the seventies, everyone wanted to dream that they would just come back suddenly. Yeah. We need Beatles. We don't like wings. I mean, it, if anything- it is funny that like they did already do uh, the Sergeant Peppers concept. They did already become another band. Yeah. But it was still released as the Beatles. And they didn't have to say they broke up to become Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So it kind of doesn't make sense. But hey, doesn't have to make sense. If anything, this kind of quote unquote conspiracy is like ahead of its time where it really just reads like a PR gimmick of these days. You would easily want to do this on purpose in order just to get attention for like a month while you do your first album cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Phil Collins, Let a Man Drown. This one's true. Yep, he's right there in the song, folks. They should take him to court in the same way they're always bringing rappers to court over their lyrics. They should bring Phil Collins to court for In the Air Tonight. Yeah, you clearly saw someone drowning and you did not lend a hand. You admitted to it yourself many times. And Eminem and even said it. He's Remember generally disliked, so people will side against him regardless. In Stan, Eminem was saying how, remember how Phil, he claims like, remember when Phil saw that guy drowning and could have saved him, but didn't? Like Eminem interprets that as Phil Collins too. Yeah, it's so funny that Eminem thought Phil Collins was talking about something that happened. Although to and be fair, that's, just, em, it, that's it, Eminem bitching about Stan his divorce. thinking that. So Eminem has oh, plausible deniability there. Well, it's very deep, yeah. I guess Stan would be the kind of guy who would think that. It's crazy that Stan turned out to be a Stan. Now, now in retrospect, we would refer to him as a Stan. I don't know if we would. I think <laughs> yeah, we, actually, would we probably we wouldn't. Would. A Stan is just someone who's incessantly online yelling at people about the dumbest shit, like about who Eminem's dating. It's not a guy who's actually going to kill his wife and child. <laughs> yeah, it would be. I think we would just call it a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Like Eminem Stan is not really a Stan by current definition. <laughs> no, not at all. It's closer to the guy who killed Christina Grimmie. Yeah, we need a new term for that. Yeah. The person that sees someone on TV and gets too obsessed and then walks up to them with a gun. Yeah. A Mark David Chapman scenario. Yeah. He was the original Stan. Maybe we should call them Chapmans. Yeah. I think that's a little more fitting. If someone's stalking a musician, they're called Chapmans. Bob um, Dylan stole a signature song from a student. Well, who cares? This one's kind of it's funny, a folk though. It's song. 
they stole it from him. It turns out that what really happened is that Bob Dylan's lyrics and maybe the chords for Blown in the Wind were published in a folk magazine before he released his album with the song recorded on it. So this kid, well, he was a high schooler, I think. He saw the magazine and just played the song out of the magazine and claimed that he wrote it because he did perform it before Bob Dylan's album actually came out. But he 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 kept going till 1974 claiming that Bob Dylan stole it, and then he finally admitted that he lied. That's so funny. And it's already based on a, a folk song. We yeah. talked about that before. How all the like the first three or four Bob Dylan albums, almost all the songs are traditional folk songs. Yeah, he just so he's stole basically the doing like song words, parodies. Basically. Although to be, to Bob Dylan's credit, most of his words are better than the folk melody words or the folk words, not the melody. I guess the melody is what he's taking. But yeah, I guess if you write a parody of "Blowing in the Wind," it's an original song. Yeah, you should get true. to claim it's an original song. If you say like the answer is sucking on my dick or something like that, you shouldn't have to credit that to Bob Dylan because it's traditional slash me. Yeah. What Weird Al is to popular music, Bob Dylan is to folk music. <laughs> Weird Al should only cover folk songs. Yeah. I want to be never public domain Weird Al. I'm going to fucking skewer Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, dude. Camp Town Races. Yeah, I'm going to do a hilarious non-racist version of Camp Town Races. Yeah, I'm going to call it Camp Town Racist. Ooh. And it's going to be about how uh, 18th or 19th century American music had a lot of racist minstrel That's tropes. Scathing. That, that would be aged huge. Well. In the hands of someone like Hannah Gadsby, that would be huge. You get so many think pieces written about a really dog shit thing like that. Uh, we should do that. We should have an art exhibit in the Met about yeah. Stephen Foster. Yeah, Stephen and Foster, about, uh, Camp Town Racist. Camp Town Racist. America's dark musical history. And, and there's then pictures of just, Al uh, Jolson in blackface like, hey, remember this? It's kind of fucked up, huh? Remember this? Pictures of Billy Crystal in blackface? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. None of, it, none of it is connected at all. Yeah. It's just remember this shit? It's <laughs> fucked. This shit is fucked, guys. We got to do something. And when people come to the Met to see the, our exhibit... When they read the thing saying how we think it's bad, they all golf clap simultaneously. Just very good. Very good. I agree with the sentiment. Trying to cancel Stephen Foster for my old Kentucky home, but not because it's racist, because he wasn't actually from Kentucky. Yeah, he's stealing valor from Kentuckians. He was faking. People loved Kentucky back in the day. Weren't we yeah, watching? We talked about that with uh, Julian. Yeah, like it was. Uh, that was the coolest place to be. And now it's definitely not. I think this one's interesting. Okay. Jim Morrison didn't die in the bathtub is a conspiracy. He was on the toilet. Genuinely didn't know that he died in a bathtub. Maybe it's because they don't care about the doors. I knew that he died at 27, but you could have told me he died in a bathtub and I'd be like, no, he didn't. Yeah. I've always mentally thought Jim Morrison died like in his forties or fifties. I know it's not true because he's famously in the 27 club, but seeing those pictures and imagining him in the bathtub in Paris, it's like he speed ran those decades of his life. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was he so aged double quick speed. after the doors that he was just turned into like his grandpa. Jim Morrison did some picture of Dorian Gray shit where he still looked. Actually, he did the reverse where he's like the painting where he looked super old and fucked up. Also, uh, this says, um, so I guess what, what it was, was he faked his death and then... 
Oh, there isn't even really a conspiracy here. It's just that he faked his death. But it also says, fans have also noted that Morrison deeply admired poet Arthur Rimbaud, who faked his death and disappeared into Africa, which he didn't. That's not even true. So that's it's nested in another conspiracy theory. So you have to believe a guy in the 1800s faked his death and disappeared into Africa when he actually just died. Yeah, it's funny. Like it. I mean, I do think it sucks. The way that conspiracy theories spread online now does suck. But it's easy to forget just how insanely easy they spread in the past, too. You know? Yeah, you could say anything. You could say Paul McCartney died, and people would say, "Oh, really? Oh, okay." Uh, Paul McCartney had his DNA spliced into a dinosaur, and that's him in Jurassic Park. I believe that's that. crazy. That's why that Which movie one? was such a hit because Paul McCartney dinosaur was in it. Which he dino was, was he? He was um, one of the Velociraptors. Oh, okay. And the other Beatles were also the other ones. That's why they killed George and John, because they didn't willing. They said we don't want to become Velociraptors in your damn movie. And they're like, we're gonna kill you anyway. Even though George Harrison died after the movie was made, <laughs> they they killed him afterward for some reason. It's crazy that all the stuff about Steven Spielberg having adrenochrome farms is true, yep. but it's only the Beatles. Yep. It's only very old men whose DNA he steals to splice into dinos. It's very creative old men, though. There's something different about creative blood from uncreative blood. And adrenochrome, too, I guess. I was thinking of uh, the sort of tech CEO blood harvesting thing, but I guess, you know what? If you're going to harvest a guy's blood, you should also harvest adrenochrome from him, right? It'd be so stupid to do one or the other and not do both. You got to use every part of the buffalo. Yes, exactly. Stephen King killed John Lennon. This one is, I guess, one crazy guy named Steve Lightfoot. Um, He went to a town meeting in Sarasota, Florida in 2009 and said that Stephen King killed John Lennon in 1980 because... Stephen King looked like a guy who was in the background of the photo taken shortly before Lennon was killed. That's some weak shit. And why would Stephen King have to do it? That's the problem. Like, it says he claims Lennon's murder was cleared by political figures like Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon, who'd long been angered by the outspoken artist's anti-war stance. And okay, that kind of checks out, but... Why would they hire Stephen King to do it? And it wasn't Stephen King. Like, how old was he? I don't know. He was born in 1947, so I guess he would have been 23. That's a good shooter age. Maybe he no, did. No, he would have been older, right? Didn't Lennon die in like either 80 or 85 or something? 80. 80, yeah, yeah. Double fantasy. Yeah. But I think what really happened was John Lennon faked his death, and then he... He got his driver's license, learned how to drive on the right side of the road, Ah. went to Maine years later, and ran over Stephen King while he was taking a walk, and then killed himself. I think that he actually kidnapped Stephen King. Is that Misery that I'm thinking of? Is that the name of the Stephen King book where the fan kidnaps him and holds him hostage? I haven't read that one. I think that's what John Lennon did to Stephen King, where he wanted more Stephen King books. So John Lennon faked his own death in order to kidnap Stephen King and then make him write books just for him to read. I wish Stephen King would write less and tweet more. Yeah, that's right. He needs to focus on what he's good at. Well, now with tweeting about Russia stuff. With Twitter Blue, he can write a 90,000 word tweet if he wants to. He should just release his books as tweets and get no money for them. Does he have Twitter Blue? 
Uh, or is he unverified? Elon was forcing it on him in that era when he was forcing it on Drill and everyone. Oh, did. that's right. Yeah, Hassan still has his. He gave it to like twenty people who he didn't like because they talked about him. Yep. Okay, this one seems very boring to be toward the top of the list. Bon Scott posthumously wrote ACDC's next album. Their first recording without the late Bon Scott emerged as their best ever album, something that feels a little too good to be true for longtime fans. So they wanted to argue that he was behind it. Let's see. I do remember seeing something on VH1 years ago where they were interviewing ACDC. Maybe it was like the making of classic albums back in black. And they asked about Bon Scott and they started like tearing up and they gave the impression that like Bon Scott telepathically gave them the inspiration for the, <laughs> that's even for you shook me this. all night long and back in black. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know that, if that um, clip is out there, but it, yeah, it seemed like they, like it, they were saying it came to them in a dream or something, but it, it says in here that it was just a notebook that he had at his house yeah. where it said some shit like you, you were a fast machine. You kept your motor clean. It was yeah, like, this is, we have to have this. Writing dumb lyrics like that somehow is even more embarrassing in that era where now, if you write something like that as a note on your phone, somehow I find that less embarrassing than sitting down like in your bed with a notebook and scribbling out those lines by hand. Somehow I just find that like more shameful and you should feel more sad about the fact that you wrote those lyrics. Should be more I'm imagining Bon Scott with a trapper keeper and he has impeccable <laughs> handwriting and like gel pens and stickers and he, he puts hearts over the eyes and then he died and they had to turn it into the greatest rock album ever, even though it has three songs that are good. Maybe four. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Like, also, like, I mean, I don't even know, like, their songwriting process or anything. It's like, it's always possible that they, like, jammed on a few of those riffs or something sooner. Like, who cares, though? Yeah, there's so little to work with there that I don't know. Also, it's just so funny to see him as, like, a singular genius. Yeah, I think he was about as good as Brian Johnson. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really. Like, I like uh, Bon Scott's voice a little better, but I don't think he was. I don't think he was a lyrical genius. Yeah, he was like irreplaceable in that nobody, sense. Nobody who's ever played in ACDC is a lyrical genius. No, it's just stupid shit about how it's cool to rock and drink. Yeah, that's, I guess that's what awesome I mean. It's awesome to like, be in a bar. If you write a lyric about having a drink and rocking in your notes app, that just seems so normal to me. But to have a notebook full of this shit and like carry it around with you, you should just feel so bad about yourself. A moleskine. Yeah. <laughs> Being dead sober and writing about how it's cool to drink and rock. Just wistful. Is, is anyone the Stephen King of rock lyrics where Stephen King famously writes 2,000 words a day? It's like, yeah, Bon Scott would write 2,000 words of lyrics about rock and roll every day. Probably Bob Dylan. Oh, that's right. Totally. <laughs> All right. We're in the top three here. The Rolling Stones' Brian Jones was murdered. It could have been. He was found face down at the bottom of his swimming pool, just like that kid in Tommy Lee's swimming pool. That should be the number one conspiracy is that that kid in Tommy Lee's swimming pool was murdered on purpose because he was baby Hitler. Wow, that's crazy. I think the story here was that he was paying a contractor to work on his house and then the contractor wanted to rob him or something like that. And then he made Brian Jones drown in his pool or like strangled him and made it look like he drowned in the pool. But it doesn't really matter because he was probably going to die anyway. Because he was like, he was just clearly at the end of his life. 
He had been fired from the Rolling Stones. He was drunk all the time. He was completely unreliable. Like, if you go watch the Godard movie about uh, the Sympathy of the Devil recording, he's completely catatonic during those sessions. He's just staring off into the distance, and, like, none of his parts made it onto the recording. It is and it's not like the rest of them weren't doing drugs, too, and they could yeah. still play. He was just he was just sitting there, yeah, and he had no writing credits like on everything, so it's like, I don't know. Yeah. The the romance around Brian Jones, it, it doesn't really make any sense. It is true, but the, like a lot of those rock guys from that era, it's like they were going to die at some point because they were just living too insane where it almost doesn't matter the particular day or whatever because it was going to happen one time out of the next 20 times that he got insanely fucked up, you know? Yeah, like there's no way Keith Moon is alive now. No, absolutely not. You could go back in time over and over again and... You like you use one of those things they suck uh like uh earwax out of a baby's ears with to suck all the the vomit out of his throat and he would just do it again the next night. Yeah, unlike Hitler, we don't need to send any like iced out white boys to go back in time and kill Keith Moon cuz he's going to take care of it himself. Yeah. People still try though. People go yeah. <laughs> back in time to kill Keith Moon. That's part of why he acted so crazy. They want to save him all the trouble of drinking like 10,000 shots every night. Um, but this, the Brian Jones one, I guess is slightly interesting that, um, that contractor who was at his house was allegedly trying to destroy items from his home afterward. And police actually reopened the investigation in 2009, but like nothing came of it. So maybe he was just pissed off. He was mad that his boss died and he was kicking shit. And he's like, well, he doesn't need his stuff anymore. He's dead. I'm going to break it for, to get all the anger out. Yeah. Let's, let's break his fridge. (laughs) Let's fuck up all his crap. Yo, that Rolling Stones guy just died in the pool. Let's let's bring over a baseball bat. Let's fuck up his shit. I should, you know what? Let's, I'm gonna go break back his in time. furniture. I'm gonna go back in time to kill the guy who invented swimming pools, so we can save that kid from Tommy Lee's place. We can save Brian Jones. Uh, without swimming pools, they never would have invented bathtubs, so we could have saved Jim Morrison as well. Well, that man is God, the Lord. That's true. What is a lake if not a swimming pool? Paul McCartney has been dead for years. Boring. Yeah, the top two here are just the most cliche things ever of Paul McCartney dying in the 60s and Elvis Presley still being alive. I guess they're like Absolutely flip sides of the coin. Not. He would have just died the next day. He would have died on the toilet the next day. Yep. Paul McCartney would have died on the toilet the next day if he didn't die on the toilet in 1969. <laughs> I think that Priscilla Presley made Elvis eat too big of a meal. And that's why he died on the toilet. What was Elvis's favorite food? A big sandwich. A big sandwich? Was it really? I don't know. Elvis' favorite food. But you know, it's kind of like the way peanut that, like, butter and banana sandwiches. Oh yeah, well, that is a thing. Yeah, yeah. He died choking on one of those. Yeah, that's that's what oh, I'm saying. Bacon so, like, in it too. The way that everyone does the Courtney Love Kurt Cobain conspiracy, like it's all her fault. I think we should blame Priscilla Presley for Elvis dying a hundred percent. And it's definitely that she made him too big of a banana and peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. And also, I think she did give all of uh, Elvis's old stuff to Bam Margera when he was completely cracked out and went <laughs> yeah. to the Elvis house. He was telling the with truth. Priscilla Presley. Yeah. yeah, he was actually telling the truth and she was lying. He actually did get the Elvis robe and the Elvis, the, the Elvis throne and the, you know, all, all the stuff, the ceremonial Royal stuff they have for the Elvis monarchy. He was crowned the new Royal. And she said, you are a better singer than he was. Yep. 
and, and a better you should be in movies about Hawaii and a better skateboarder, of course, and a better father. Dude, I wish that like Bart Simpson style cool from the 90s was cool in the 50s where like Elvis Presley would skateboard on stage with his hat backward holding us. It kind of was. It just hadn't, it hadn't made it into the culture yet. Yeah. <laughs> it was still brewing in the background. You had greasers and stuff. Yeah, but they weren't skateboarding. And Elvis was a little bit of a greaser, but he didn't have a switchblade. I think he had. He should have had a switchblade. I feel like overall this list could have been a little goofier. There was actually some good ones in here, but they kind of lean yeah. too hard on the cliches at the end here. The problem with having a classic rock website is that you lose all of the newer conspiracy theories. Yeah, we so didn't you have get, to like, dig way deeper. Avril Lavigne or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I was about to say Avril Lavigne. The Avril Lavigne was um, just a redux of the Paul McCartney one, but... Yeah, basically. I have a rock conspiracy that I'm willing to spread here. The The singer Nate Roos was replaced by a robot around 2020. And the guy that you hear on Claincast today is actually a digitized uh, AI version of him who no longer possesses the talent to write hit songs like We Are Young. And this AI is so stupid that he's on Tom's level and Tom is so stupid, he doesn't realize it's an AI. And him and Drew think they're doing a show with the real guy. That's information that comes directly from the developers of the uh, Autocritic AI. Yep, that's right. They also, they programmed Autonate. Yeah, they, they wanted to do something more ambitious that not only knows about music objectively, but can feel it subjectively the way that Nate does now. But he's not a real person, folks. They're trying to put it into a robot so it can tour South America. Yeah. <laughs> they noticed how many South American fans were replying to Nate incessantly and then DMing his friends asking for information about him. They're making it only speak Spanish because it's only going to be down there. Yeah. <laughs> I think too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's kind of what I was saying earlier, but it, this list does make me realize that the way conspiracy spread now is like unique to the time, but the efficacy of spreading them maybe isn't that much better now than it used to be. Like it was so easy to do always that I guess you can do it in weirder ways now over the internet, but people are so willing to believe anything and they always were that it's like, I don't know how much like the conspiratorial nature of the 2020s is really to do with technology so much as material conditions that always drove people to be conspiratorial, you know? Yeah. It kind of cancels itself out a little bit. That it's uh, it's easier to look stuff up and confirm it's not true now. We're back yeah, in true. the day if someone said if if someone said Paul was dead on a radio station, you had no way to confirm it other than like to call your friend who would say, yeah, I heard it too. So it's probably true. Yeah. And it's easier to get it out to people now because you can put it on TikTok, but there are also more debunkers out there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's a good point. It cuts both ways. At it's the a delicate end of the day, balance. At the end of the day, we can say that all of them are true. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a land of contrasts. I think you're right. The burden of proof is on the person who's not asserting a theory. That's true. We have to disprove these. Yeah. And I don't feel like it. So I'm going to say they're true. All of them. Yep. The real conspiracy is this listicle. It's true. They conspired to create it in a Google Doc. Yeah, the CIA made Ultimate Classic Rock do this listicle. Every single one of these should have been the CIA at fault. The CIA didn't kill Elvis. The CIA did kill Paul McCartney. The CIA made the Simpsons kill Prince in an episode. 
The CIA wrote Hotel California. Yeah, to be about the devil. And The Simpsons season 25. The CIA had a notebook that had every ACDC lyric in it. That's crazy. They say J. Edgar Hoover wrote it back in the 40s. (laughs) And he sent it to... He sent... When he... When J. Edgar Hoover was trying to send MLK the note telling him to kill himself the first time, he accidentally sent him all the ACDC lyrics. Yeah, he sent him dirty deeds done dirt cheap (laughs) in the mail. What the hell is this shit? (laughs) And now at the Library of Congress, you can find the handwritten ACDC lyrics by J. Edgar Hoover. True story. It's true. It's true. You're not going to bother to look it up. It's true. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you.